Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Chills. Well, who's had a confusing week? We've all had a confusing week being Chelsea fans. And to get to grips with the confusion of the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs, the troughs and other stuff that Gary Hayes would snuffle in. He's here. Hello, snuffling Gary Hayes. Hello. Sorry, he's yawning and he's yawning. on his phone. Yeah. I know. Well, that's that's quite active for him, though. And and there, the voice of reason, Mr. Andy Saunders. Hello. <laughs> that's a very little voice. Hello. Oh, oh well, so where should we do? Well, what should we start with? I don't know. You're in charge. Tell I know. Us. I, I think we should probably just go straight back to the dreams of going on an away day together. Yeah, that was fun. That was really good fun. Um, apart from the game. Yeah, but, but, well, no, and actually, that, that's not altogether true. Uh I haven't been to an away game uh, this year, I don't think. Oh, no, I went to Leicester. No. That's not this year. No, that was last year. Some year I went to away. So there you go. But met up with you and a couple of your friends and cohorts. uh, And uh, we had a very nice trip to Wolverhampton. Yeah, we went with my friend Dennis and my friend Adam. And it was... How do you know them? Because they were really nice. You can't have known them long. I know Adam, Adam Hounslow, uh, through cricket. We play cricket together. Well, we don't play together because he's much better than me. He plays in a much better team than me. Okay, so um, you watch him and go, oh, I wish he was my friend. Pretty much. Yeah, okay. And then Dennis, uh, who is Canadian and a musician, and proper Chelsea had come over. Uh, he was proper Chelsea. He was, and he'd come over on tour. Uh, he's a saxophonist, a horn player, and he uh, had managed to squeeze in the Wolves game and the Fulham game before he had to go home. And so he came away. It was his first away game, so he came with us. Well, well, we, we had a nice time. Yeah. Plays the sax. Plays the sax. No, does he do any good sax solos like I, I would Jungle imagine Land? So. Well, like that. the only sax player you know is Clarence Clemens, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> of the East Street band. He is the only person who plays He's that. He's the only one instrument. worth knowing. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, mm. wait till you meet Dennis, eh? Mm, maybe. Louise plays the sax, but we won't go there. 
Well, David Luiz. Hold on, hold on. Is that a euphemism? Are you coming up with well, euphemisms? Well, normally it's the trombone, but yeah, we like <laughs> brass instruments. I heard it was the piccolo, mate. Uh, anyways, here we the go. The penny whistle. The penny whistle. <laughs> What's it? Kazoo. Can we get any smaller? The harmonica. Mini harmonica. <laughs> okay, the there we go. Harp. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Moving on swiftly. Um, yeah, Wolves. It was a it was a strange old uh, game. Did you get to watch it, Gary? I know you're very busy. And no, yeah. Well, he's but that's that's code for. I know you're a massive plastic. Did you get to watch? <laughs> no, it? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Match of the day is what I saw. Did you? Uh, why didn't you watch it? Well, I don't buy into illegal streams, so I wasn't oh. at the game. Oh. So there you go. You don't buy into illegal streams. No, I don't believe in them. If Bruce Springsteen was doing an illegal stream, of well, he like wouldn't a... be doing an illegal stream, would he? So it's a stupid question. But if he was broadcasting and the only way you could watch it was on an illegal stream, would no, you watch I would it? pay to watch it, but I'd probably be there. But you can't. Okay, you're in a room. Somebody has just battered you. It's American only. It's only on. It's yeah. only on. PBS. Well, I no, I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it? Oh. Not even for Bruce. Not even for no, Bruce. I don't believe in it. I believe in artists, whether they're footballers or musicians or actors, getting you know their money for what they do. I, yeah. love, I love an illegal stream, don't you? Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, but we're talking about scum. footballers, not artists. That's because yeah. you're scum. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you two on Saturday. <laughs> I saw you two. Whoa, don't, don't. Don't. We'll get well, to that. We would have seen Kerry, but the guys in front of him were stood up, so you couldn't. <laughs> Good Lord, <laughs> Gary Hayes has a musing uh. moment, shocker. <laughs> Good anyway, I'm sorry you have to leave the podcast earlier than expected, but there you go. So, so, anyway. so anyway, Gary didn't watch it, but we did. Yeah, we did. And actually, what makes me laugh is you put up on Instagram that really happy picture of you and me at half time. Yeah. We should have taken one at full time. I know. It, it, was a, it was an odd game. I mean, okay, the, the team. What did you think of the team when you, when you saw it? Yeah, I like the fact the that Loftus Cheek was playing. That was. Um, did he start against Fulham? So it was back to back. Well, no, he came no, off the bench. He, didn't. he came off the bench and scored, didn't he? That's right. Um, so, yeah, it was nice to see him get in, and he's getting more game time, and that's what I like to see. And that um, I think that I don't think it's something that's representative across the rest of the squad, but it's about time that he got an opportunity, and he's starting to get it, and he's not taking the ball by the horns as such, but he's doing stuff that shows there is prospect on top of what we thought he could do anyway which is what I like seeing I think it's 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 a good point because we've always said if they're good enough they're young enough you know it doesn't matter their age if they're good enough they're good enough and we've always said that if you go on the pitch you've got to take your opportunity and I don't think there's any argument that Ruby this year has really taken his opportunity and made it really difficult for Sarri to you know to you know to, to select that midfield it's taken yeah. him a while it has but he's gradually you know, easing his way into it. And I think this is what Sarri's showing is, I don't know whether it's by design or what, but this is how you treat a young player. This, that's my point. We've bring talked... them on for 20 minutes, not bring them on for five minutes where they've got no chance to impact the game or they might do something as a moment of showboating or something which doesn't represent the full picture. But bring them on for 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Let them do something in a game like he did against Fulham. The game was won. I know it was 1-0, but the game was won anyway. And he sort of just made sure the victory was, you know, was sealed and then he comes on against yeah you know, he starts against Wolves scores and I think that's good it's good for his confidence it's good for the confidence the manager's going to have in him and I think moving forward that's how you treat these young players you don't just throw them in mm. I, I would say that Sarri what you're saying is exactly what the three of us have talked about between us I actually think what you're seeing is Sarri managing a player 
Yeah, he's... managing a player, but not necessarily a young player. I think the jury's still out on what he's going to do, but he's managing a player. Yeah, I, well, I, I think he's got it worked out because he's he's working out the time. He's he's come out when everyone goes, oh, Ruben is this, Ruben is that. He's gone, yeah, but he needs to learn tactically. He needs to learn defensively what I want so he doesn't let the player get carried away. And he's brought him in, drifted him out, you know, and and what we've all said is that he has to come on and do something because we're going, we don't really know what kind of player he is, what's his best position. We're starting to make best positions for himself. Actually, there's two now because when he came on, we'll talk about City later, but when he came on in a higher position, he worked that really well. The thing is, he gives us something different. When he's on fire, when he's working well, he does something that no other player really does from midfield, where he just runs straight at people and he wins fouls around the box because he's big lumbering shape coming at you, but he's quick. And, and defenders go in to tackle him because they go, oh, he's big, I'll just get the ball off him. But he's got incredibly quick feet. So he's gone past it and got the foul. The other, the other player that, that, that played that night was Christensen. You know, who's another one that, you know, a lot of people are eager to see get minutes. And, you know, for the first half, I thought he was imperious. I thought he was brilliant. But once again, showed that little chink in his, you know, technical armour when he just couldn't concentrate for 90 minutes and, and play. And it concerns me when a player like that doesn't seem to be progressing in the way that we hoped he would. Or am I being harsh? No, I think you're being right. I made the joke after when one of my rare tweets of late was, um, I said, I blame David Luiz because... <laughs> The abuse he's been getting, you know, on the back of the, the Spurs game and everything else, which is the criticism was warranted, the abuse wasn't. But then it shows that you put, it's not because I'm waiting for Christensen to fail or I want him to fail, but you see the frailty there. And it's, it's fine, he's a young player. You're not expecting him to be playing like a 26 year old, but it just shows the wisdom in not playing these players extensively. He, he's probably been a victim of the fact he hasn't played enough, and that's why you saw that performance. But when you're Chelsea and you're trying to get back in the Champions League, it's a hard balancing act, isn't it? You can't just say, oh, we'll, we'll concede matches until he's on form. You can't do that. You can't. And, and there, it does also demonstrate the grass isn't always greener. Just because yeah. one particular player isn't playing particularly well, it doesn't automatically mean that if you bring someone else in, they're going to be great. Um, and, you know, Christensen had, had some great moments last year and so some great moments for Chelsea. But this year has been disappointing. I don't think there's any get away, getting away from it that I don't fully trust him on the pitch. Well, I, I would say also the thing about Christensen, I think he got damaged last year I think he got overplayed and I think he lost something last year you know there were times I've said it before we all have that he should have been pulled out of the firing line you know Conte said there's no one who can play that central role he needs to play there but what happens towards the end of the season Cahill came in and did an adequately good job a very good job in that position and we could have had Christensen out of the firing line and I think he's got burnt out and I think you're seeing the effects of that this year he's not getting so much game time Sarri will go with his trusted option, which is Luis, who he knows understands what he wants. Whether he carries it out all the time is, a, is another debate. But Christensen, I think, needs work. And hopefully Sarri will work on him because he looks so he's got all the attributes to be a top player, but we need to get him back and his confidence back to where he needs to be. And with, with Christensen, he's like a... He's symbolic, not, not just him, but... A player like him is symbolic of why I'm just so fed up with football at the moment and the Chelsea fan base in general. I know obviously the, the social media fan base isn't the fan base, but still it's part of it. And I just look at it and I just think, you know, I don't want to kill the kid because he had a bit of a dodgy second half and it contributed into Chelsea losing the match. But it's this 
ignorance of certain fans that are just like playing, 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 and then it's all, get Sarian, get Sarian, get Sarian, and then Sarri comes in and loses two matches, and then sack him. Oh, Sarri out the hashtag, and you know, like Dan Levine made a point of tweeting when someone had actually used the hashtag for the first time, Sarri out, and he was he gave the time, and he's like, I didn't expect it to be this soon that this hashtag this hashtag will start, but. And it's just so up and down that, you know, David Luiz was public enemy number one. He was past it. He was a fraud. He was a failure because of what happened at Wembley. And then he has this incredible performance against Man City. He scores the goal. Again, like what Ruben did against Fulham that seals the win. And suddenly everything that he was being berated for by the fan base and by pundits on Match of the Day, suddenly that's his strength. Yeah, well, he, he played with so much passion against Man City. Right you know, oh, and he, the, the way he played, you know, he was so heart on the sleeve stuff. And then when he plays heart on the sleeve stuff that pulls him out of position, he's all erratic and going crazy. He plays with his heart on his sleeve too much. And he's just, oh, come on, look. I, do, I, look, I just think that, you know, uh, going back to the Wolves game, that the, what, what lost us that game was concentration. We just, if you play in that system, you know, four at the back and, you know, everybody's got a, a role to do, you have to concentrate. And it was the lack of concentration that let those two goals in. It was poor. And I, I think that you, you, you look at a player like David Luiz, what I really know from that amazing performance that we'll talk about in more detail against Man City was he's a big game player in the same way that Gary Cahill was a big game player you know these are players that can really on the really big occasion they deliver they deliver the goods um, and it's actually in these kind of smaller games these Wolves away games that the concentration dips and I don't know I think one player I wanted to talk about in the Wolves game was the lesser spotted rarely seen Cesc Fabregas who came on and I thought I had a shout for player at a match in, in, in the first half you know who was brilliant because they gave him time and space but you know clearly Clearly, you know, Cesc has very obvious strengths, but very clear weaknesses. His weaknesses being his pace and his ability to get around the pitch. And, you know, against a team like Wolves, he was cruelly exposed, I thought, in the second half. But in the first half, I thought he was brilliant, you know. And it's, it's the opposite end of the spectrum, really, to what we're talking about with Christiansen and Loftus-Cheek, where there are young, developing players where we're giving them a chance. Cesc is, you know, let's be honest, at the, the tail end of his very illustrious career. And you wonder, I was wondering, what, what do you want out of football now, Cesc? Do you just want a paycheck? Do you want to win things? What, 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 what do you actually want? Are you happy just coming on and playing against Wolves away and Mulvidi and Barté Barisov? Is that what you want? Because if you do, that's fine. I'll happily have you in the squad. You're a top player, but you know, let's be honest, he on is less not less than the 200 grand a week. He's on though. Well, yeah, and he's not the answer, the long-term solution yeah. to what we need in this. So. Can, can no, I just? Can I just? Oh, sorry. Just you talking about the concentration, which is an important bit. Do you think this team plays itself to sleep? I would say with I the think passing. I yeah. think that's. I think that's an interesting. I think we over elaborate because I find it really boring. Well, I watch. I'm, I watch him, and I'm just like watching the Fulham game. Yeah, I was right in the comfort of my armchair next to the fire, slippers on. To maybe that's why. But plastic, early, plastic early slippers. For a bit well, early no, no. for a fire. Yeah, no, nice little fire in the Ingle Nook. It's freezing up in the country, mate. Yeah. No. Yeah, it is. Shouldn't be having a fire till January. Oh, you no, what? That was that was a Come chilly day place. that day. And it was a lunchtime kickoff, so I don't like having the heating on overnight because I don't wake, like waking up too hot. Anyway. Oh, I can't think of you waking <laughs> up all hot and sweaty. Well, you want to have queasy. dog in bed with you. That'll probably help. <laughs> yeah. I'll let Louise know you called her that. Hold <laughs> <laughs> oh, on, um, hold on, hold on. What's it? What, have you turned into a 1970s stand-up over two there? digs at your I'm wife, Jim, I was with Jim Davison at Chelsea on the other day at the front row of the Matthew Harding lower and he's rubbed off on me. Right, okay. But, um, but, but seriously, I just find, I find them and... And it was a really interesting article about this by um, Duncan Alexander from Opta, but it was on BBC. 
And he was talking, it was ahead of the, the City game, and he was talking about how Chelsea might have had all these passes and that. And I think there's good passes, David Luiz and what they're doing, etc. But there's this, it's Arsenal-like. And it's just watching, I'm just like, just get the ball forward and penetrate. And the, what he did, uh, Duncan Alexander, he broke down the stats on the amount of shots that City are having and where they're getting into the area by, based on timings and everything. And they're so much more direct than what Chelsea are. I just think that Wolves being a case in point, I didn't watch the full game. I've seen highlights of it in extended highlights on Chelsea TV, but I'm just like, it's almost like they pass themselves to sleep. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, let, let's just take that back about eight minutes when you actually asked us the question and yeah. then gave us your answer. I engage um, with Andy, not okay. you. <laughs> I've noticed that. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Um, I think we over-elaborate. I think we have this feeling when we play the lower sides where we think we'll score at any time we are in control of this game we get one up and quite often we get an earliest goal we take charge of the game Wolves were nowhere in sight they they weren't even competitive in the first half and I think that rubbed off on Chelsea and I think you're right I think we overpass it we mess around we start going sideways sideways and back sideways and back it's all very pretty doesn't get anywhere people stop making the runs forward and nobody is trying to find space. I think we're missing a huge point here. We should have been three up. Well, we're I was missing, just going to get to well, that. Well, we're missing a point. It's like, you know, if, if, if Morata had taken the chances that were clearly given to him and we'd have gone two or three and up, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, we, we, which is, we no, wouldn't which be is having fine, this conversation. But, but then what happens is that you can still pass yourself to sleep but, I don't care about but, that. As but as, but as when you're 3 0 up, it's fine. Yeah. But then when you're not 3 0 up and you don't take advantage of that, and it is 1 0, you get sucker punched. And the goals, the, the two Wolves goals, come so quick, so close to each other. It's almost like they see their opportunity and they're in. And, well, boom, they did. I, I, and then I, it's almost like. I don't disagree with your point. I don't disagree with the point about passing to death and too many passes. And look at Jorginho, he makes more pass than any player in Europe. I don't care about any of that. But, and I totally accept what you're saying. But my point is that, you know, that that wasn't a game where we just passed pointlessly. We actually created results which we didn't finish. Yeah, fair enough. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and, if, we, and, and if, we, if we had have finished them, then as you say, there would, it would have been a possession game and we would have, you know, we would have played the possession game. The fact is, the fact that Morata didn't finish those chances, which he should have done, you know, meant that we look at it in, in reflection. We look at it, you know, after the game and go, we just bored everybody to death. But, yeah, but you know, that's not the whole story. It's I don't not. Think. You're right, because we said it. We just went, we're going, we should be three up, really, but it looks okay. But they, they, leave it, they leave the game open. So well, of course, at 1 0, you're always going to leave oh, the game open. You're always going to be vulnerable. Absolutely. You've got to, you've got to keep I don't know. Whether you're steamrolling the team in a different way, you're going to be vulnerable. But I just think that. If you leave the door open, yeah. I just think that with this side, because they're not going to lock down games in the way that they might have done in the past, which is fine. I'm not saying that one way is better than the other. It's just almost, it is, yeah, it is Arsenal-like in the way that, I'm not saying we're trying to pass the ball into the back of the net, but they would never take chances and they would leave it open so that someone like Norwich would surprise them out of the blue. You could, you could make the argument against Man City on, on, at the weekend, you know, when, yeah. when, when they had two or three chances in the first half, yeah, they yeah. left themselves vulnerable. Sane and we, and on the we, edge of the six-yard box yeah. and he won't put it in. And silver, and, you know, yeah. and, and, we, and we sucker punch them. So you could, make, you could make the same argument against them, but you wouldn't, that's not an argument you would make against them normally, is it? They, they, are, they are more direct than Chelsea. That's what, yeah. and obviously, they've got a better striker. So yeah. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think if you have finishers in your team, 
you know, we create enough chances. We just are not putting them in the net. No, you know, there was I, a couple of, you know, I've, I've tried to defend Morata. I've tried to, you know, to, to, to urge calm and measured thinking about Morata. But, you know, he, he's, he was shocking against Wolves. He was terrible. You know, I think he needs he got time. Pulled, well, he got pulled out of the firing line, didn't he, at the weekend? And it's like, he wasn't even in the squad. And it's, I think, you know, the boy's head's gone. You can't just keep playing him. He's, you know, he's ultimately, he's, he's a busted flush at the moment. Well, for me, Morata... <laughs> He seems to do so much right and then does the simpler things horribly wrong. When he has to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, I think, I think that's part of When he of plays it. on instinct, it's not a problem. When he's yeah. one-on-one with a goalkeeper, he's too many touches. He loses his stride. The ball gets stuck under his feet, so he can't dig it out. Whereas when it's on instinct, where it's the ball in the box and it's a header that he has to flash or he has to have a snapshot, he's great. Yeah, I think I, you have to think in the Premier League. I think, you know, the defences are too good in the Premier League for you not to be able to think and, and work out and figure out how, ways of finding space and, you know, and attacking areas. You know, you, you can't just do that kind of bang the ball in the box and try and, and hope you're going to get ahead on it. It's You are going to get one-on-ones. You yeah. are going to get opportunities where you, are, you have got a second to think about where you're going to do it. You know, that's why players like, you know, Salah are so impressive. You know, they don't panic when they think about it. That goal that, you know, Salah scored, he took it around the goalkeeper twice, yeah. didn't panic. You know, I've I, done that very impressive because there's very, there's very few players that have that confidence and, and that have that ability to kind of think their way through how they're going to score you know and don't fall to pieces and there was a point I think in the Wolves game where Murat, you kind of saw it on Morata's face which is please don't give me the ball you know, there was a, yeah, a moment, there was a definite yeah, drain. I, of I don't, confidence. I don't want the ball. Have you seen that film Moneyball, the baseball game, yeah, the baseball? Yeah. You know, and they and they're talking about uh, saber metrics and 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 you know buying players that you know based on their stats and and you know a very interesting film. And they, they talk about a guy at first base and they say, "What do you think at first base?" He's thinking, "I don't want a ball to come to me." That's that's what's going through my head at every moment. I saw, and I thought about that when I thought Morata. It was like, "Please don't give me the ball. Just let me melt into the background." And you know, and I, I really don't want to be in this. Game. Game. I think he does need time though in that you look at him he's come in played one style under Conte now he's been asked to play a different style under Sarri and some players are adapting quicker to that obviously but I just looking I think he's a £57 million upfront investment with add-ons making him £70 million. you don't just cast that off you have to work with a player and you have to you know he's almost a victim of circumstance in a sense in that you know he's the antithesis of what Costa was and Chelsea are used to playing that way with this bulldozing striker, which has been really, I guess, a culture of Chelsea's as strikers. The most successful strikers have been those players. That no matter how good Osgood was technically, the way he played was he bulldozed defenders, yeah, you know. Drogba, Costa. And, yeah, you know. and Kerry Dixon did it. Kerry Dixon. Yeah, even yeah. like players like Kevin Wilson. I know he wasn't on a level with, with Kerry Dixon, but he, he was well, still a bulldozer. Because he was tall for a start. Yeah, but he, he was still a player that would get his back to the goal, hold it up and bring players Wilson in. Wilson and, and McAllister up front. Oh. Terrifying. Terrifying. But you know, he, 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 was, still a, he was still a half-decent striker that played that style. and then Paul Furlong. Yeah, and, and Robert Fleck failed. When Tony Cascarino. He was almost, yeah, he was the poor man's Morata in that, not like for like exactly, Harford. but still. So I mean, but yeah, these, these players that... Robert Fleck. We had Robert Fleck. Yeah, oh, did we? Yeah, that's what I just mentioned. A £2 oh, million pound embarrassed failure, you, You've embarrassed yourself there, Kerry. Oh, He's now right. a PE teacher oh, in Norwich, you'll be pleased to know. Okay. I played mm. cricket with Mick Hartford in the summer. How was that? Uh, did, yeah, he, did he do you? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to mark him at corners. <laughs> Sliding you know. tackle. He's all elbows. But um, I, I just think that Morata just needs time. I know... Do you still think that? Yeah, I'm I do. I'm starting to do. lose the faith. As See, it, this is a point, actually. I, I wrote a piece for The Athletic. Which no one can read because <laughs> yeah. no one's paying for your words. And um, the point I was talking about, Chelsea, you know, this, this 
on the back of those two defeats and how you know, everyone was like, oh, yeah, maybe Sarri's not going to work out. It is definitely going to be the Scolari or, or whatever, you know, or AVB. And I was just like, give the guy time. And I, what I compared him with was not another manager, but a player. And after three seasons at Chelsea, if Drogba was a manager, he would never have been scoring that penalty in the Champions League final. You know, he would never have been winning the Champions League final as a manager for Chelsea in the way that he did for, as a player. Because Chelsea, they seem to see it that with managers to get rid of them too quick. And sometimes they're like that with players as well, where Drogba, he was horrendous those first two seasons. Yeah, you know, we he, talked about he, it. He lot. scored 15 Premier League goals, uh, no, 15 goals in all competitions in each of those first two seasons. It was only in that third season that gradually as he grew into it and then he gets that, you know, that goal in the FA do, Cup do, final. Do, do, I mean, I say I've been a big defender of Macho. I mean, I've always said, you know, you've got to give players time, you've got to let them adapt. I mean, I'm losing the faith, I have See, to say. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, because I, because I, I can't get Torres out of my head, and I can't get Shevchenko out of my head, and I can't get you know Tony Cascarino out of my head, and all but these I, I, failed I, I, I strikers that have come on with, with with big fanfare. You know? But at the same time, Sheva never had Sheva never. Yeah, exactly. Sheva never Poet. ever. Sheva never ever. <laughs> I've ever felt so low. Yeah, um, exactly. But um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so Shevchenko never had those. That patch of form like Morata did last year when he got the hat trick against Stoke, and well, and he started off the season so well, you know. And we were there at Leicester when he got the header, and yeah, yeah. and you see the way he started, and then it sort of just his friend died in January, and pff, that was it. And Torres never had that. And I was looking, I just think, you know, we invested time in Drogba, and look what we got. And I'm not saying that Morata needs three seasons, and we should be, you know, giving it to him. But you made an investment in the guy. Give him an opportunity. You've changed managers twice mm. since you've bought him. Would you buy another striker if you could? Well, regardless of Morata scoring or not, Chelsea need another striker. So, Do yeah. they need another front-line first name on the team sheet striker? No, because then that sort of takes away from Morata and it kills his confidence even more. Well, yeah. So, but I mean, if Icardi... They, they need another if, goal if, if Icardi becomes available or... No, I wouldn't have Icardi. Well, not, not I'm, a chance. I'm talking about, about a, you know, a named... Proven this is the European pro- striker. Yeah, but this is the problem: is that everyone thinks that a named striker is the solution. It's not. It's, it's the not. way we play. It's, it's the way it's, we it's, play to strikers. Yeah, I think. F- finding players that fit the system. Why wouldn't you have a Cardi? Because he's a douche. As you don't, don't personality wise, you don't want to bring that into the dressing room. John Terry could get away with it because he was John Terry. You don't want to bring that into the dressing room. Chelsea don't need it. Not when they've got a new manager trying to establish himself. What do you himself. mean? What, what, what's do you think he he's like? a disruptive influence? causes so many problems. You know, not only does he have a fling of his teammate's wife, he ends up marrying her and adopting his kids. Do you know what I mean? It's like, come on. <laughs> it's the kind of thing you'd do, Gary. Yeah. Oh. Just watch. <laughs> well, no, there you go again. Hi, Harry, I'm your new dad. He'd <laughs> <laughs> have to top himself, wouldn't he? So, oh, my God. I don't uh, really know what's going on here. But, are we going to talk? No, but, but, but seriously, we... I just think play, Chelsea don't need disruptive players. Okay. They need players that are going to buy into it. And I don't think necessarily the striker's a problem. They need an inside forward that's going to score. But goals. is there an argument to say, though, Gary, that a disruptive player is a character with passion and, char- and character? Yeah, and, different. And, you know, and... and and, uh, you know, put all that to one side. If he can bang in 30 goals a season, isn't he worth having? Yeah, but then it's the problems he causes off the pitch. I've seen it. I've seen what happens. You don't want that. Yeah, OK. Well, you, know? you could argue Costa was that player. Yeah, but Costa was a friend of the team, of the players. He got on with Icardi's the players. the one who will piss off the board, he'll piss off the manager, he'll piss off the, his teammates, he'll create, you know... Um, a divide. Yeah, a divide in the dressing room. And then the club will stand by him. It's like, well, he's a hundred million euro investment. We've mm. got, to, we've got to keep him. Sorry, Sarri, 
you don't cost hundred million, so it's, it, it becomes down to a balance sheet. There's probably something in that. I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, look I, at Tevez I would, I when would, he was at Man City. Yeah, what yeah. he did. Yeah. Going on strike and yeah. caught and dragging the club's name through the mud. Chelsea don't need that. What Chelsea need is a player that's going to come in. I, I think they need inside forwards, not an out-and-out striker because I think Giroud and Morata, I think that's the issue. So are you quite excited about Nubble, Fakir and people like that being linked with They need goal scorers. Yeah, well, he's an They need goal scorers. He scores goals. Whether Fakir is going to do that, I I don't know. You know, I just... I try not to... I get tired of hearing all these names and these... Well, it's always the same ones as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, this this guy, this guy, whoever's flavour of the month. And I just think Chelsea have always been best when they've signed players that have become stars by being at Chelsea, not because they're stars and then they're signed. I think every single star we've signed has, has fallen flat on his face. Yeah, the big Hazard wasn't a star signs. until he came to Chelsea, you know. And no, it's true. I think if they buy yeah. established names... Makaloli. Yeah, but Maka wasn't respected for what he did until he came to Chelsea. Mm, I don't mm. think that's true. Yeah, but not, not in, onto oh, the levels that he was. a legend at Real Madrid. I don't think it, he wasn't regarded as Makaloli. You know, the Makaloli role wasn't called the Makaloli role until he did it at Chelsea. Oh, interesting. Anyway, well, let's let's move back to Wolves and, and tidy that up. Um, we weren't able to respond. It was very disappointing. We ended up going home. You dropped me at I, the... I managed to navigate you back to the car. Well, yeah, you had no idea where your car was. Uh, I said, I think we're going the wrong way. And we're about a mile and a half in the opposite direction. It was funny. But anyway, then Andy dropped me back at the service station where I'd left my car. I crossed the over the... stop, was it? It was, it was uh, Corley Services. I'll never forget. I've crossed over that. the road. Known got... dogging site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's off again. <laughs> off with... Who were you off with? Anyway, um, yeah, went to drive out the the the, uh, the place and the slip road to the motorway was closed. I went, huh? What's going on here? Went into the petrol station. I said, uh, the slip road's closed. They said, oh, yeah. I said, well, how do I get out? Oh, you won't. I said, what do you mean? Oh, you won't get out till six o'clock. Maybe four o'clock if you're lucky, but you ain't getting out. I said... You can't say, there's other people in here. Oh, yeah, none of them are going to get out tonight. <laughs> and I was going, really? And then this other person came and said, this other woman came along and said, oh, no, you can probably use the service exit for the, for the people who work here. And finally managed to go down these really weird dark path hidden in the corner of the, the services over an unlit bridge. It was really odd. And then out the other side through the other services um, and out their exit as well. It was a bizarre thing, but managed yeah, well, we to got, We got to Northampton and found the M1 was closed and had to go all the weird way around, you know. Or I bet you had to go down the um, A406. I don't know. Some unlit <laughs> nightmare of a road that got me home at oh, 1am. No, okay, maybe it wasn't the 406. Oh, well. Let's, that, that connects let, Northampton, let, Northampton let, and Peterborough onto the A1. Let's not That's do that, old man. What let's route did you route, take? Oh, I wouldn't have taken that route, even if the other one was Or is it closed. the 604? I get confused. The 406 is in... No, it's a 406. 406 is the North Circular. 406, and, and we really is should it? move on. No, yeah, not. the 406... Connects Chelmsford to the M11. Oh, I it's the six oh four. No, it's not. I do apologise no, to all The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. So there we were, faced with the prospect of Manchester City coming to our little place and we were scared we were worried the 
the whole of the internet was going into meltdown. It'll be 5-0, it'll be 6-0, we're going to be smashed out of sight. It's going to be disgraceful, it's going to be shocking. The manager will be gone, all the players will be gone, everyone will be gone. But... I've just shown Gary Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) What is the road? 406. Which is also known as... The North Cirque. The North Cirque. I do do apologise. Now I've got to work out what this road is. (laughs) Kerry, keep talking. Okay. So there we were. We, We didn't really have much hope, did we, apparently? I don't think I've ever been so disconsolate going to a football match. I don't think I've ever in the Premier League era been to a football match in such a bad mood, so down, so depressed and thinking, God, I just hope we don't get battered. And, and my son said to me at the end of the game, he said, God, what, what a difference in your mood. Because when I turned up, I was, it was like a black cloud over my head. I literally didn't see any possibility of us winning the funniest thing was i on the friday night um i was asked to do one of the manchester radio programs um to talk about the upcoming game that quiet well no i've done it a few times what anyway, radio um excess i didn't know about it no, well there you go anyway they wanted me on and um for some reason i couldn't get through and i got a text from later said uh, and I was quite happy going, you know, what could I say? It's not looking very good. We're worried about what might happen, those kind of things. And uh, it was it was um, one of those things. They said, well, maybe you'd like to come and talk to us after the game on Monday. I went, oh, okay, well, uh, I don't know how cheerful that'll be, but okay. And look what happened. It It was the most incredible afternoon I've had at the bridge for a while, I think. Yeah, the, everyone was up for the atmosphere. That's the kind of game I'm more than happy. The atmosphere is interesting, for. isn't it? It's you know it has come down to that because at Wolves it was rubbish. I mean, there, oh, I mean, I have to say, you well, know, the away, the away terrible. Sports really it was normally. well, it is, it is, and 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 as a regular away goer, I, you know, I'm always very proud to say that our away support was brilliant. But at Wolves, it wasn't. Now, one of the problems was that you were in a, the lower tier of one of the stands at Molyneux, which is you're all literally in a row. So a song can start 100 yards away up a row and then not make it down the other end and you don't have that sort of compact away end feel to it. So, you know, give, give it some... Um you know, give it give it some explanation, uh, but it wasn't very good. So it was nice to go to the bridge, but it does it does that thing. Do we sing to encourage the team, or do we sing when the team encourages us? Well, you should sing to encourage a team. I, but I think that modern football now is just become theatre where. We're waiting you're, you're, for you're, satisfaction. You're at the theatre, you see someone perform something, and you go, wow, that's amazing, and you clap. And that's what's happened at football now, where you see Hazard do a step over, and you go, oh, all right, yeah, let's start cheering now, whereas it should be the other way around. It, it should be that Morata's getting supported before he scores, rather than getting shat on until he scores. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was a very interesting atmosphere. I, I think it was a bit of both. It, it was the first time I felt for a long time that actually the crowd decided, well, we're going to have a bit of a sing anyway and, and got into it a bit more than normal and not waiting. There were some backs to the wall in the trenches, muck and bullets defending, which I think always gets the crowd. Muck and bullets defending. Well, like you know, it really, you know, really gets the crowd on their feet. You know, when they see, you know, uh, Azpilicueta making that brilliant block from Sane and, and Rudiger, you know, saving on the line and you know that that kind of defending Chelsea fans love they love to see players you know putting their bodies on the line so that helped there wasn't a huge amount of um you know sort of flair to cheer about in the first half was there it was it was mainly res- resolute 
organised, uh, determined defending. But you know, but the, the atmosphere was good, and and the and the crowd were were behind the team. It was it was an interesting first half. It very it was very much soak the pressure up, wasn't it? I mean, there was no doubt as you were watching it. You're going, they are definitely the better side to us, uh, but we're hanging on in there. Um, who knows where it'll go? Possibly they'll score, but we were doing everything. David Luis was back to being imperious David. Um, his decision-making was was wonderful. There was a lot of talking across the defence. Uh, everything made you feel, OK, this is a top side. We're playing a top defensive game against them to survive. Of course, they got through a few times. Of course, they made chances. They're going to. They pass it really well. But we stuck to it. And then, of course, what happened in the 44th minute just changed everything completely, didn't it? Yeah, and it was interesting the way that that goal came about and the way they tried to play is that um, last season, John Terry was on match, uh, match of the day, Monday Night Football, and I can't remember if it was with Gary Neville or Carragher, but regardless, they were talking to him about, you know, breaking down the city side, and they said, oh, John, you're doing your badges at the moment, blah, blah, blah. How would you beat this team? And then they got that board out, you know, like the Subutio board, and he was talking about, you know, their full-backs will come here and they'll do this. So what I would do is I'd have a centre-half who's capable of passing, and the way to bypass the press is too many teams try to pass through it, and you shouldn't. You should bypass it by putting the ball over. So I'd get my wingers out real far wide, and I'd bypass them. And you see David Luiz did that. The ball goes right over to Pedro. Pedro cuts in. And then what they did is they... um, It was a clear tactic, because then they overload to get that the players in a position that by the time the ball goes over there, William, Alonso and Hazard are all in that area, which brings their players over because they're panicking, which leaves Kante in all that space. Yeah. Um, it was a clear tactic and it was something John Terry had been talking about. And, yeah. But then, in theory, Neville or Carragher going, hey, but you can't do that because then they do this to you, you know? You know? He's certainly <laughs> gone and done a Scouse accent. That was almost, almost bare. It was almost quite good. Hey, all... mate. Pedro was in a lot of space a lot, I thought. And, and you know, it was obvious where I was sitting in a West End lower because obviously we were attacking that goal in the first half that, you know, that was an outlet. That was an out ball. And yeah. he was very wide. He was much wider than he normally is. Just I think that... hanging out there with, um, who was who was a um, left back? It was Delph, wasn't it, at left yeah. back? You know, who just isn't isn't a, a formal well, a central midfielder, isn't he? a central so... midfielder. So that was always going to be a weak spot. It was always going to be a pinch point for them, and, interesting as well that it wasn't exactly the same as what Conte did when we beat him 3-1 two years ago at the Etihad but it was still similar in the way that we rushed them in certain areas and, and that's that, what I liked seeing and that was how you negate Man City because like everyone they're just a normal they want, team when they they're running to back lose the ball it. in those areas because that's their game plan yeah. that's what Liverpool do Liverpool just that's why Klopp teams you know, when he was at Dortmund doing it to Bayern and that, and now he's doing it with, um, they give City, you know, they give Guardiola teams a good game because they've got the personnel in those areas. Now, if you haven't got the wingers to do it or the inside forward to do it, you're screwed. But Pedro and, um, I said William, didn't I? Sorry, Hazard um, yeah. was there with, you know, Alonso. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, that, when you've got the players in those positions to do that, that are skillful and quick enough and have got that explosive pace, then you can expose it because you can go over the top, get them with their back, you well, know, Get them they turned around, run into their goal. goal. Yeah, exactly. What was interesting about Man City in the first half was that they didn't go with shock and awe from the start. They didn't do the heavy metal football that Klopp does, which is we're just going to attack you with everything yeah. and throw everything out. It was very measured. It was a very measured approach play. You know, almost swaggering, walking, almost Barcelona type. You know, approach play where they just move the ball around. You know, they pick their positions. They they slice you open with a surgical scalpel rather than shock and awe you. But I, I wanted to get onto the second half, which is I thought the genius tactically. Was 
was not to drop back. And I said that, you know, if it had been Mourinho, he would have stuck Mikel on. Yeah. And, you know, or, you know, and if it had been Conte, he would have stuck us all back on our own goal line and just put dumb backs to the wall. What Sarri did was just take him on. Just like, you know, double down. I thought that was brilliant. And Guardiola's head exploded. He was like, people don't do this to me normally. You know, people normally sit back and then that allows me to open them up. But they just keep coming at us. And, that, and, and I think we fully deserve the second goal. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I would say that that strike from Kante, when we watched it, because we were right in line with it, I was just going, it's going over. It's going over. It's gone in. It was really like, bad goalkeeping. I thought he should have saved that. I thought it was, I think it was, well, it was one of those harder. rising, you know, yeah, it was a bit of an old one, wasn't it? The second, such a tall goalkeeper and just to get beaten like that was, was weird. The, the second goal, I, I did actually, I did actually uh, emit a pathetic little, yes, as the ball kind of looked, because it was in slow motion. It sort of looped off uh, David Louis' head and I sort of went, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody went, ah. <laughs> I'm going to look a right idiot but, if it doesn't. It, it was, it, but it was one of those moments where you just go, I can't believe it because it was funny. The guys in front of me, sitting in front of me, were going, oh, you know, uh, I tell you, uh, they always say 2-0 is a really difficult one to defend but and makes you nervous. But I tell you, I'm pretty nervous at 1-0. Yeah. But City, once we got to grips with it and, and set everything out in that second half, I, I thought nobody's done that to them for a long time where they made them look... It's the only thing Sarri knows how to do. He knows, he doesn't know how to sit deep. No, and I think it works and it hasn't worked. But, you know, I think if we can do more of that and and capitalise on it, then it's going to be good. Look, I think we have to talk about the other incident. Well, just quickly, did you like the fact that two teams in the Premiership played a false nine? And Premier, that, that, Premier League. Yeah, okay, so But, you know, and funnily enough, well, I wasn't, Sarri said also, didn't he? He said, I spoke to Pep the night before and we both agreed to play the same no, that system. Was, that, was, that was amusing. I, 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 when I saw the team sheet, I was like, God, this hasn't worked in the past. You know, Hazard I, doesn't like it, does he? Well, no, and he his doesn't. post-match interviews, like, didn't get many touches yeah, to the ball. He was like, like, it, was like a miserable, ball, miserable 14-year-old, wasn't he? Yeah. But um, I don't think he'll play that system against most teams. Why would he? Most teams are going to sit back against us. So we'll have to unlock them. There's no point playing that system against most teams so I don't, I don't care but if, occasionally if it, if it works do it I don't yeah. care if both teams play a false nine yeah. I not care what City play but if anything the fact that Aguero wasn't playing probably won us the game because they didn't have a strike they weren't those centre-backs weren't occupied enough which probably gave David Luiz more time on the ball yeah, just to say that the Man City fan cast have turned, uh, turned up uh, waiting to Wankers. use the studio. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to say hello to them in a bit. But, yeah, I mean, we should address this uh, issue of the fans, the vitriolic abuse. Well, I don't want to spend racism, too much time on whatever, it, but, but I, I think it would be remiss not to mention it. Yeah. Look, you know, there's an ongoing investigation. The, the fan, fan, inverted commas, said that he said one thing. The accusation is, said, is that he said another thing. We have to let due process take its course. But I just wanted to say there is no place for that behaviour in a football stadium, uh, any football stadium, whether it's Chelsea's football stadium or, or any other club. We, as Chelsea fans, have to together stamp that crap out you know we cannot be abusing players you know uh, in that manner we cannot be bringing if it's proved to be the case and we don't know but if it is proved to be the case bringing racism into a stadium bringing racism into a football environment I thought we got over that stuff so come on guys cut it out let's let's all stand up and and resist this nonsense yeah and I, I think you know the one thing I'd say is you know vitriol itself is disgusting uh, and the amount of hatred there is, it it just needs to be stamped out. And I hope there's lifetime bans. And ju- just to add to that as well, I think the big problem of this 
is that the Premier League don't take enough responsibility for it. They allow the clubs to self-regulate. But stupid things like if you drink a, any alcohol in front of in view of the pitch, you get banned. Mm. And that's not a directive from the clubs. That's a directive from mm. way up on high, you know. So what should happen is that rather than clubs self-regulating, the Premier League should have a code of conduct that all the clubs buy into. So when something like this happens, it's not up to Chelsea what happens. The Premier League deal with it. I think that's a very good point. That, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what should happen. They should regulate that. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. okay, moving on swiftly. Last bit of roundup and prediction times. Vidi away. Pub team, don't care. We're already through. Complete dead rubber. Be nice to watch something at six o'clock. Six nil. Six nil. <laughs> hey, hey, I love it. I love uh, it. Gary. The, the Hives had an album, didn't they? Vinny, Vidi, Vicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, listen to I you. would say 2-1 um, to Vidi. Oh, you are so <laughs> contrary. Well, you, you are taking over from Phil for contrariness. I'm going to go for 3-0 for Chelsea. And then... Brighton, no, no questions. Oh, I thought we were finishing because I just wanted to say one more thing. No, you can say it in a minute. It's bound to be some ridiculous accent. Brighton away. And then Brighton away, lovely day out. Did you get tickets in the end? No, I have. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go to the game. Uh, I did get tickets for Watford and for Crystal Palace. So I'm very happy about that. Oh. Um, so, but no, I'm not going to go to Brighton. Uh, so we'll be watching that, you know, from afar, probably on legal screen, uh, stream. Uh, illegal yeah. screen. It's live on Sky. Isn't well, it? I might watch it on legal stream just to annoy <laughs> it's you. It's better watching uh, it illegally. Even though he's paying his subscription. Um, but uh, look, uh, you, we should, we can't lose you that can't game. Can't do the prediction. Can't lose first. that game. Two 0 you can't do it, it first. You're such a cheat. Done it. Done it. Well, I'm going to go next. I think it's going to be uh, 1-0 Chelsea. Okay, Gary. Garyld. Um, I would say 3-0 Chelsea. We went together last year, didn't we? It was we an easy game. It was. Mishy Batshuayi mm. had a good game. Some good combinations. What did you say what score? 3-0. Okay. That's Chelsea. what it was last year, wasn't it? Was it 4-0? It was 4-0 last year, wasn't it? Was it? I can't remember yeah. now. It was raining. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to go 5-0. Okay. I wore yeah. my Canadian tuxedo to that game. Um, all I wanted to say was I tried to do yoga at my gym recently because um, my back's better. So, And um, my usual instructor, remember, when I came in, I said, oh, he knows us. Uh, yeah, so he's probably listening. Gareth, wh- where have you gone? He doesn't do yoga at my gym anymore. So I need to find Please out where back, he is. Gareth. So tweet me, baby, so I can go to your class somewhere and uh, do my downward dog. Fair enough. Okay, well, I disturbing way to end really the podcast. Don't even want to, downward dog. I, I'm sure that's why you're waking up sweaty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that concludes it. I'd just like to say a big shout out to the Alexton Massive uh, and to everyone from that part of the world who is a Chelsea supporter. It's been a fun old week with you guys. And uh, we will see you all next week where hopefully we've got more points in the bag. The Chels is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.